You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday. It is a snowy scene in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Hope you don't have to commute too far. I'm in the home studio today, staying out of the Cumulus studio. Because let's be honest, who wants to drive on a snowy road? Not me. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. A little bit hoarse today. My apologies. Show schedule for the week. Tomorrow's show brought to you by Draft. We'll bring Sage Rosenfels back into the fold. Thursday, we should have Locked on Panthers host Bill Reset. Pronunciation questionable there. Resetti, Reset. And Friday, we'll make our picks with Sage. But today, we'll go over a couple things. Number one, a deeper dive into the Vikings' third down success on the defensive side of the football. And then we'll get some locker room audio from yesterday at Winter Park. But first, Minnesota's third down success. It's unmatched in the NFL. This coaching staff is doing something right because the Minnesota Vikings are number one in third down offense and number one in third down defense. They passed Atlanta in the offensive category with their 6-for-12 on Sunday, Atlanta going 1-for-10, and they made up about a 3% differential to take the lead in the category. Not bad. But particularly on the defensive side of the football is where I want to focus, where... As Eric Kendricks told me yesterday, they're doing work on first down and second down to set up these favorable third down opportunities. For instance, Atlanta was in third and eight and a half on average on Sunday. Totally one-dimensional. The only time they ran the ball was on a third and 17 just to improve their field goal positioning, but they never had the flexibility to run or pass. It was always going to be pass. And even though the Vikings didn't get a sack, they had good rushing in that game. Mike Zimmer told me yesterday he really thought that Griffin, Hunter, and Joseph did a nice job to get the ball out of Ryan's hands quickly. And the the Falcons never had a chance to get the ball deep downfield as they like to do. Julio Jones has always been their bailout option on third down. He's got 51 first downs on the year, fourth in the league. And he wasn't targeted at all on third downs on Sunday. On Atlanta's first third down of the game, they got bailed out by a penalty, so that didn't count against their total. Then on their next attempt, they made a 16-yard completion to a tight end to convert. So after that, they were 0 for 9 on third down, and the Vikings did it with a lot of great coverage, not necessarily blitz. Minnesota only blitzed twice on third down against the Falcons, Granted, they show the blitz more often than not. Almost every time there's a third down, they give the double-A gap look and oftentimes bring a defensive back bluffing on the edge. One time they brought Smith on a safety blitz, but Zimmer trusts the defensive players so much to recover and go from the line of scrimmage into a backpedal, into their coverage, that it's a great way to fluster offensive linemen pre-snap. And Zimmer was saying yesterday how important the linebackers' jobs are because off of that double-A gap bluff, they've got to go back and cover vertical routes, crossing routes, and backs out of the backfield. And they've done a really nice job at that. 
The Vikings safeties kept the top on the offense. They actually had the two best pro football focus grades of that game for Minnesota, Sandejo and Smith. The Falcons were forced to resort to checkdowns, which the Vikings almost always got before the line to gain. Mackenzie Alexander had a nice pass deflection on a swing out to Marvin Hall. And then they got lucky a couple times. Mohamed Sanu had a slant go through his fingers, a little high over his head, but should have been caught. And then he had that sliding catch in the second half that got overturned after it was initially ruled a catch. But the bottom line, 1 for 10 for Atlanta in that game. It was their worst of the season. Their previous low had been against New England when they went 2 of 9. The Vikings have not allowed a team to be better than 38.5%. Baltimore did it when they were 6 of 16. Last three opponents to face the Vikings... 7 of 32. You can read more about that at zonecoverage.com. Make sure to check out the Locked On NFL and Locked On NBA Facebook pages. Follow the whole network and get updates across the board on your favorite teams in both leagues. Follow the network on Twitter at Locked On Network. Yesterday was a victory Monday at Winter Park. So there were certainly some pleased players walking around. We got audio from Adam Thielen and Jarius Wright. First, Mr. Jarius Wright. And let me first say that this is really one of the more accessible wide receiver units in the NFL. Adam Thielen talks almost every day. Jarius Wright, available whenever you want him. Stefan Diggs talks at least once a week. And if you bring Kyle Rudolph into that mix as a tight end, he talks at least once a week as well. It's a uh, for a position group that can be standoffish at times, brash, brazen. They all do a really nice job relating to the fans and to the media. And Wright talked yesterday, and he had plenty to talk about after the team's impressive win, and he got to reflect on the team's third down offensive success. Is it nice, though, not to have to do any scoreboard watching, not to say that you guys do as you do, but now if you went out, you know, control your own destiny and all that? Uh, you know that that's uh you know that's the best part of the situation being able to control our own destiny and uh, you know you know come come this time of the year we want to be able to control our own destiny so uh, so far we, we've set ourselves up really really good and uh, like I said we just want to continue to build on what we've done so far. Curious, how big of a deal is getting home field advantage for you guys in the playoffs? Uh, you know, for for us it's huge. Uh, you know, for some teams they they don't always play that well at home. So, uh, but for us with the fan base we have here and uh, just the way we play. At home it's, it's huge for us to be able to to stay here in the playoffs and be indoors is that one of the motivating, <laughs> yeah. one of the motivating factors for you guys okay, in these last four games uh you know we're we're, we're motivated regardless of uh, whether it's home field advantage or not uh we're, we're, we're very motivated right now and uh we just want to um you know get home field advantage and of course make the playoffs but how, how motivated to be indoors because the last playoff game you recall you played was minus six uh you know <laughs> very motivated to be indoors uh, you know anytime you can play indoors and um you know take the weather out of the game is always a, a, a good thing was yesterday kind of like a statement win just based on how this team won uh you know i wouldn't 
but it was definitely a, um, a big win. Like you say, um, we grinded it out. It was a, it was a four-quarter game. And, uh, you know, showing people that we can play a full four-quarter game uh, offensively and defense and also on special teams. Uh, it's a great team win, and those are the most important ones. And, uh, you know, it's all about being hot at the right time of the year. Jerry, should look around now. Everyone's talking about the Vikings nationally, things that you guys probably already knew. He stayed grounded. I mean, this is probably a, it's a difficult situation to try to block everything. Uh, you know, I, I tell Chris all the time, we don't listen to the outside. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not, we're, we're not He's drinking. Gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <see>. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? We're, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, uh, in here, it's all that matters. Uh, what we think about ourselves, how we feel about each other in here. Uh, of course, we, we love our fans and uh, we love all the support. But uh, you know, if we were, you know, if we were what um, losing right now, who would all, who would be with us? So uh, you know, the the true fans, uh, of course, we love. But it's all about us in here. What does it say about this team? Obviously, like good team, they really well at home. But to go on the road and make. Now, maybe this is a better practice for people as a player, but just the way that, you know, how uncomfortable they looked in their home building at kind of the hand of what you guys were doing, both on offense and uh, You know, that's just one thing we want to do. We want to uh, be able to uh, apply pressure, I guess you can say, to, to other teams and uh, make them do things that they're not used to doing. And, uh, you know, with us on offense, uh, it's all about trying to keep the ball away and being able to, you know, convert on third down and get the ball to our playmakers. And, uh, you know, if we get a lead, our defense can, can pin their ears back and do what they need to do with, with the great, um, you know, defensive line we have. And, uh, you know, if we can get a pass rush and our secondary is locking things up. Curious, what do you think makes this offense so good on third down? Uh, you know, just first of all, offensive line, they're, they're playing lights out. You can't say enough good things about those guys and, and the way they play um, and how tough they are. Uh, they, the run blocking, uh, if you watch some of the plays, they're, they're completely moving the line. And if you can win up front, then uh, I feel like you can win anywhere else. And, uh, you know, Case has been playing great. Both both running backs are lights out. And uh, receiving core and tight ends are all doing a great job right now. So, um, you know, our success is, goes to, you know, first our offensive line and then our playmakers. Success in the red zone. I mean, I'm sure there's like a lot of things that go into that. Consistency being able to score touchdowns. Uh, you know, I just uh, you know, you, you get in the huddle in the red zone, you just look in everybody's eyes, and you can tell that, that that it's important to everybody. And we know how important it is to score touchdowns in the red zone. And you see when we score in the red zone, how um, how the game goes. And you know, um, the key is uh, basically keep the chains moving in the red zones. Anytime you get a first down in the red zone, I think it's a very high percentage that, that you'll score. So, uh, you know, first, it's, it's converting on third downs and, uh, you know, when we get in the red zone, it's all about putting it in. And uh, we've, we've, we've emphasized it all year. When you say emphasize, I heard a couple of other guys say that. What, what does that mean when you emphasize it? What is that, does that show up in practice? In practice. We, we, we've, worked, we've worked on it a lot in practice, and we continue to, and like you say, in meetings, we go over everything to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And, uh, I, you know, the coaches have done a great job of putting us in a, in a good uh, position. And how about Adam Thielen? Had a low in receptions on Sunday, but he still had one of the biggest catches of the game when he shook the corner Goodwin out of his socks and picked up 22 yards that got the Vikings within a first down of icing that thing. If you've heard an interview from Thielen this season, you probably realize that he's not one to make bold statements. He's not one to look ahead. He's not one to be at all arrogant. And he got to talk about where the team is headed this season and how they're 100% staying in the moment. Yesterday, knowing the fact that the play probably as good as it has played all season, 
I mean, every every win is, is big in this league, um, and every win is different. I mean, sometimes offense plays really well, puts up a bunch of points, and sometimes the defense uh, plays really well and, and doesn't allow the other team points, and we just have to uh, stay on the field and, and uh, outscore the opponent, obviously. What's it mean now as number one seed in the NFC, you kind of control your own destiny possible <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot right now. Um, everybody's talking about how uh, we have the outright number one seed, but uh, you know, there's a lot of football left to play. A lot of things can change in, in the next four weeks, so uh, we just have to keep controlling uh, what we can control and taking it one week at a time. How big of a deal is home field advantage to you guys in the playoffs? Um, I mean, I would assume it's big. I don't know. I've never, <laughs> never experienced it, so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's something that we're, we're striving for. Um, we know from other teams that that's been important. And uh, like I said, we're just going to keep taking it one game at a time because if we look too far ahead and say, hey, we really want that number one seed or, or this or that, you know, it will make, lose focus on the little things. So uh, just kind of just kind of try to keep doing what we've been doing and just taking it one week at a time. If I can, look too far ahead for a second. You guys love this, looking far ahead. But the idea of having to advantage through the Super Bowl, like, is that, I don't know much that crosses your mind, but just the idea of that, what, what would that be like? Yeah, I mean, and the idea is great, but like I said before, I mean, four games left, uh, so much can change in four games, and you, there's just, uh, there's a lot of football to play, and this is this is the most important time of the year. Um, you know, teams that, that go long, far in the playoffs, they win games in December, and uh, we've talked about that a long time, and, and uh, you know, this game starts starts that kind of, that, that road to, uh, to you know, being successful. Adam, you guys scored the go-ahead touchdown early in the fourth quarter, and then the, the defense came right back with the three and out. If you remember watching that drive or from the sideline, uh, sort of what was your impression of how they kind of responded? Yeah, I mean, long, really? yeah, we talk we talk a lot about complimentary football. So uh, you know, there was a you know a punt that we pinned them deep and it was a two-yard line, and then the defense got a three and out. We got the ball at the fifty-yard line, went down and scored. And then, uh, like you said, then the defense went again and, and uh, went three and out or something like that. And uh, that's huge for us. That's that's what we talk about in the offseason. Uh, those are the things that um, you know help you win games. And uh, we're gonna have to continue to do that and, and kind of help you help out each other out, uh, whether it be special teams, offense, defense, and kind of just all working together. Late in the game, you had that that big catch for the first down in the head fake. Were you surprised that you were so open, just totally froze the D back there? Uh, I don't know if I was surprised. I mean, I just uh, you know I knew I was one on one and I knew I had to beat the guy, so I tried to. Uh, give him my best move and, and try to get out as open as possible and, and give uh, Case an easy throw. How much pride do you take in stuff like that versus obviously a touchdown's huge, but to do the little things like that? Um, honestly, I, I just take it one play at a time and uh, try to win my individual matchup and um, whether the ball is coming to me or not, I'm going to try to win win on that play and, and that's really all you, all you can do is control you can control and uh, get everything you got on replay and, and let everything else kind of just fall into place. The success you guys have had when you talk about emphasizing well, we've uh, we've spent a lot of time on it in, in the offseason. OTAs, we spent a lot of time in the red zone. Uh, we spent a lot of time on third downs in the red zone, um, and then kind of carried that to training camp and, and you know throughout the season. Um, so I guess the emphasis would be just uh, spending more time preparing longer on that, and uh, knowing that's uh, that's what's going to help us win games. Is that running through like game situations, third and six, and twelve, you know, whatever, that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. We've done a lot of that uh, throughout the, the off season and the end of the season, and uh, I think it's kind of just uh, gave us a little confidence and 
um, and and we've talked about a lot. So we know when we get in those situations, we know that this is a big it's a big play. Third and three, and we're on the 25 yard line. This is it's a big play, and, and this kind of this kind of you know determines whether you're going to get a field goal or, or a touchdown. And uh, obviously, scoring two touchdowns in the red zone last week or on Sunday um, that was big and, and winning the game. Vikings tweeted out yesterday. I think you won five road games in the regular season the first time since What are some of the keys in just the road success? Um, honestly, I don't think it's any different winning on the road than winning at home. You got to you got to take care of the little things. Uh, you got to you got to possess the ball, keep your defense off the field, um, and then kind of what we were just talking about, you know, scoring points in the red zone, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and converting on third down. So um, I think just uh, keeping the same mindset doesn't matter where we're playing or who we're playing, just the same mindset, uh, the same preparation, and um, uh, everything else kind of falling into place. Adam, why do you think you guys have been so successful on third down? I think there's a lot of things that go into it. I think, uh, you know, obviously the coaches have done a really good job of, of scheming that area. Um, and then I think we have a lot of guys that can make plays on that down. And we've been, and Case has done a really good job of spreading the ball around, uh, not really looking for one guy, just trying to find the open guy. And uh, we need to continue to do that because um, I think uh, that's going to be crucial moving forward is just continue to be um, versatile, um, being able to go to multiple guys and, um, and uh, not really caring who gets getting the credit or the success. Just as long as we're moving the change, it doesn't really matter. Is the hype starts to get louder about this team? Is it harder to block it out? No, I don't. I don't think we really even notice. I think we're just uh, uh, we're so focused on one game at a time. Uh, sometimes I think we forget even what our record is because uh, we're so focused on who we're playing, who the opponent is, and and it seems like every week the the, the opponent gets tougher and tougher, and the games get bigger and bigger. So um, for us, we just have to continue to prepare like we have. Last thing, it looks like uh, breaking as we speak. George Edwards is being considered. No particulars, no details, nobody's leaving yet, but George Edwards' name is being submitted as a candidate for various head coaching openings. Now, as we all know, George Edwards is the Vikings defensive coordinator. George Edwards is essentially the understudy to Mike Zimmer as the defensive mind. Zimmer is the schemer, the game planner, the play caller, and Edwards, from what I understand, does a lot of prep work he works with a lot of techniques and fundamentals and obviously pitches in his insights and did a great job when asked to call the plays against Dallas last year now are the Vikings more equipped to handle the loss of Shermer or Edwards probably Edwards and frankly if Edwards were to move on I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Zimmer moved up to become the defensive coordinator I think that's a possibility they would probably hire in-house it would be somebody comfortable playing second fiddle to Zim, and who better than his son Adam. Now, obviously, they would need to be careful with uh, nepotism claims there, but I'm sure Adam would be very qualified for that job. And they've also got other great staff members like Jerry Gray, Andre Patterson, but that would be my knee-jerk thought if Edwards were to move on. Vikings could be next year's Falcons. Falcons made the Super Bowl, lost their coordinators, and have had a little bit of difficulty this year adjusting. Steve Sarkeesian took the reins from Kyle Shanahan, their offensive coordinator, and they had some bumps along the road early on. But I really do think Kevin Stefanski would be the offensive coordinator in-house hire and Adam Zimmer on defense. That's the show for today. My name's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. You can have a shot at a Pro Football Focus subscription. Just leave a review on our iTunes page and include your Twitter handle to get in the running. 
Sage Rosenfels back tomorrow.